Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want us to look at verse 11 through 13, and the children's ministry is dismissed. Paul is saying, he says, Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. Now I want you to notice the terminology here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 11 through 13. Did I get that wrong? Well, at any rate, he's telling them, Our mouth is open unto you. Our heart is enlarged towards you. And so he is encouraging uh, the Corinthians to have an open heart, to not be narrow in their heart, to not be narrow in their thinking, to not choke at what God wants to do in your life. You know, God wants to do some awesome things in you and through you. But you have to have the capacity to embrace that grace. And when we're talking about embracing the grace, we're talking about embracing God's plan for your life. Because God's plan for your life is a, a part of the grace of God. And so, in order for us to embrace the grace, to walk in the plan of God, we have got to have an open heart. Our heart needs to be enlarged Not narrow, not restricted, but wide open to what the King of Glory may want to do in our lives. Now notice this in the message translation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 through 13 in the message. This is really, really good. So I want want to wait till you can see it. Everyone say, "Be be ye enlarged. That's the word of the Lord for tonight. Let us in 2013... Be enlarged. Let's allow God to expand our vision. Let us allow Him to take us from a spirit of narrowness and a spirit of tightness into a spirit of enlargement where His increase can take place in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. He says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. How many of you like wide, open, spacious things? I don't like anything tight. I don't like tight pants. I I don't like a tight car. I don't like a tight living room. I like to live openly. I like to live expansively. Amen? And so he said, now we did not fence you in. He says, now here's what's happened to you. And this happens to all of us if we become closed-minded and narrow-minded. He says the smallness you feel comes from within you. In other words, the insecurities that may be taking place in our lives, it comes from the inside of us. He says your lives are not small, however, but you are living them in a small, narrow, restricted way. And Paul says... You know, you can just tell that, that, that Paul loves these people and he just wants what's best for them. And so he makes it plain. I can remember preaching throughout the years and the decades 
we had some dear black lady, I don't know if whether it was Mabel or, or um, Emil's wife, but she would just say, well, I would get preaching. She said, make it plain. And so Paul is making it plain. He says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. You know, you can speak plainly if you're doing it in the right spirit. He says, open up your lives, live openly and live expansively. And so he's provoking them to open up. How many of you know that we can live small even though the greater one lives in us? And I don't believe that it is people that hold us back or hold us down. I don't believe it's where we grew up that holds us down. I believe that we are held back and that we are kept back by our own thinking and by our own believing. Can you say amen? So much of life is how we think, how we see things, how we believe, how we speak. And really, what are we able to receive in our hearts? It's not a question that our God is able. We know our God is able. It is not a question that our God is willing. We know that our God is willing. He's able to do exceeding. Abundantly above <laughs> all that we ask or think, but it's in direct proportion to the power that's at work in us. And so what you want then to do is you want to get your faith working every day. You want to get this Holy Spirit power operating in your life every day. You want to be a speaker of the word every day, a meditator of the word every day, a speaker in tongues every day, a praiser of God every day. And then you see your faith will begin to operate in you. And then God is able to do. See, we, we oftentimes put things off on, on God. But God requires faith of His people. It's according to your faith. Be it unto you. How many of you want to walk in the plan of God every day of your life? You want to walk in health? You want to walk in strength? You want to walk in the plan of God? And then... We must be enlarged in our hearts. Look at your neighbor and say, be enlarged. Now turn quickly over to Ephesians chapter 3. We're not talking about the kind of enlargement some of you are thinking about. This is the time of year where everyone wants to decrease in certain areas of their lives. We've been increasing very well since Thanksgiving. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Paul's praying, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend or to grasp with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height 
And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And so he's praying that they would be strengthened in their spirit. And as they're strengthened in their spirit and they're living openly and expansively and they're saying, Lord, you will be done in my life. Then they'll be able to embrace, they'll be able to comprehend with all the saints the great love of God that he has for them. You've got to know it's important in these last days for you to be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So to comprehend means to, to lay hold of. Can you lay hold of and experience and comprehend things beyond your intellect? You better believe you can't. Why is that? Because he that is on the inside of you is bigger than your mind. The Bible says that you and I in 2013 can be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, I don't think we've grasped that yet. Smith Wigglesworth said, he says, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Let's pray right now. Say it, Lord Jesus. Strengthen me this year. That I may lay hold of the fullness of your plan. I pray that I would have the richest measure of your divine presence. And become a temple wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Wholly filled. That means crammed. That means there's no more room for anything, just Him. And so God wants to open us up. He wants us to be yielded. He wants us to be expanded on the inside. Amen? Now, I want us to look over in Genesis chapter 15 tonight. And I want us to see something about the father of our faith. Can anyone tell me who the father of our faith is? Abraham. Abraham. He had many sons. Many sons had father Abraham. I'm one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, father Abraham. Remember that one. Well, Abraham was not always Father Abraham. Abraham had to be enlarged so that he could embrace the grace. He had to be open. And so the plan of God is not automatic. He works with us. Now notice with me in Genesis 15, verse 1. Genesis 15, 1. Now notice this. It says right here. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife. What was his wife's name? Sarah. Sarah. And all that he had, and Lot was with him. And he went into the south. 
And I'm reading 13, but that's good. I like verse 2. I, I, like, verse, I like verse 2. It says, And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. All right, but let's go back to Genesis 15, 1. It was there all the time, wasn't it? All right. Verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord. Expect the word of the Lord to come to you. The word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, and he said, Fear not, Abram, or Abram, I am thy shield, and I am thy exceeding great reward. Now, notice with me, the first thing he said to him is, Don't be afraid. Two signs of a restricted, narrow heart are, number one, fearfulness, and number two, selfishness. And so God sets the record straight, right in the front. He says, don't be afraid, Abram. Why? Because I am your shield. (laughs) What he's saying, I am your force field. I've got your front, I've got your side, I've got your head, and i got your rear. I'm picking up the rear guard. He says, I'm your force field. He says, Abram, don't be afraid, I've got you. Fear not, I'm your shield. But he didn't stop there. He said, not only am I your shield, but I am what kind of reward? What kind of reward? It would be awesome if he said, I'm your reward. But he said, I am your exceeding, great, mega reward. That's the same exceeding that he's able to do according to the power working in you. So he says, don't be afraid. I'm your shield. I am your exceeding, great reward. Reward. I'm not just a big reward, but I'm beyond big. Now notice in verse 2. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given me no seed, and lo, the one born in my house is my heir. I don't have any children. I don't know how this can be. I don't know. I don't have. And that's where a lot of people are today. Too busy talking about what they don't have. And they're too busy talking about what they can't do. Never talk about what you don't have. Think about what you do have. And I'll guarantee you, if you think about what you do have and talk about what you do can do, it's much greater than the other side of the ledger. But that's where Abraham was. And that's where we are many times in our lives. We get a word from God, and then we look at ourselves compared to what God is saying, as if we could pull it off in our own strength. Now notice with me, got a question for you. Something has to happen to Abram. What is it that's got to happen? 
God has got to get him to open up. Can you see he's restricted? Can you see he's narrowed? But oh God. You see, if there's no vision, there's no capacity to receive. I cannot receive without the capacity to receive. Here's what God did, verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came again. I like that. And said, this will not be your heir, but he that comes forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. In other words, he that comes forth from within you. In other words, Abraham, it's not here outwardly. But what I'm going to do is going to start in you. Thank you, Jesus. And so here's what he did. And he brought him forth abroad. In other words, he said, Abraham, let's go outside. Let's go outside. You know, sometimes the Holy Ghost has to take us outside. Away from our circumstance. Away from what we feel, away from what we can see inside the tent. There's a bigger, bigger plan than what's going on inside your tent and what side is your house. So it says, Abe, come on, boy, let's, let's go outside. I've had to have the Holy Ghost take me outside before. You could say it this way. He takes us outside of the box. Outside of the box of limitations. The limitations of our own thinking. The limitations of our own circumstances. So. And he brought him forth abroad. And he said now look now. Toward heaven. Oh don't you know. It was a beautiful night. Don't you know there wasn't a cloud in the sky. How many of you can remember the most beautiful evening you've ever seen. Perhaps it was on a mountain top. Perhaps it was up north somewhere or even in the Bay Area and you just looked up and you saw the expansiveness of God's creation. You saw the stars so clear. So he took him outside of the tent and he said, look up. And I want you to tell the stars. Abraham, are you able to number them? And he said unto them, I want you to get a glimpse and open up your heart because you can't number the stars in the sky and neither will you be able to number your seed because as the stars are, so shall your seed be. Glory. Amen. Man. (laughs) Sometimes we need to go outside. (laughs) And so Abraham's insides, all of a sudden, they're opening up. He's seen beyond Eliezer. And he's seen those stars. And he has a word from God. And Abraham at that moment believed. And Abraham at that moment conceived. He said, I believe it. I shall be the father of many nations. 
he was able to embrace the grace. And he said, be it unto me, just like Mary would. Now look over at Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13. How many of you know the story of the children of Israel, how that God delivered them by a mighty hand? He did miracles for them in the wilderness. And then he said, now it's time for you to go up and possess the land. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to send out 12 spies. Now, how many tribes of Israel were there? Okay. So he says, send out 12 spies. And here's what I want you to do. Because I have already given you the land. That's what he said earlier in Numbers 13. It wasn't a question of whether or not the land was theirs. The only thing he required of them is to go out and spy the land. Do a reconnaissance to see how you're going to take what I've already provided for you. So they went out. And they came back, and 10 out of the 12 spies brought back an evil report of the land. They said there's walled cities there, there's giants in the land, and we are not able to go up and possess the land. The Bible says that they discouraged the heart of the people. They were literally bringing back an evil report, and You just can almost see it, that their words caused the rest of the people that heard the report, their hearts to melt. Little did they know that the people in the land that they were going about to possess, they were literally shaking in their boots. They were afraid of them. They had heard of what their God had did for them. And I want you to know tonight that the devil is not everything he's cracked up to be. Oh yeah, he'll come real bold and try to scare you and use his tactics and stuff. But if the truth would be known, he's literally scared of you. Because when you have the blood and you have the name above every name, he is afraid. And notice with me. In Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30 and 31. Thank you, Father, for helping us to be open. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be open. Open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see what you see. Help us not to draw back in fear. But to be bold and possess the land. Well, let's pick it up in verse 28. Might as well. He said, Nevertheless, the people that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and they're very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Oh, not the children of Anak. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Termites, the Amorites, they dwell on the mountains. And, oh my goodness, the Canaanites are there. They dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb, one of the two, Caleb and Joshua, they weren't moved by what they saw. They were moved by what they believed. 
They said, look, God has given us the land and we're well able to take it. Caleb stilled the people. How many of you know sometimes you got to shush up the unbelief? And so Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. And you know something? You're well able. Your sufficiency is not in and of yourself. Our sufficiency is of God. The ability of God lives on the inside of you. But the men that went up with him said... We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. They may have been stronger than them in the natural, but they weren't stronger than them in the realm of the Spirit. And that's what they forgot. And so they became narrowed. They weren't open. And the people brought up an evil report of the land, which... They had searched under the land of children of Israel, saying, see, an evil report always is connected with the words that we speak. Saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the men that we saw are men of great stature. And we saw the giants and the sons of Anak, which come out of the giants. And we were in our own sight restricted. We were in our own sight. We were just bugs. We just were bugs. We just, in our own vision, we were just these little grasshoppers. And so, it says, and so we were, come on somebody, and so we were in our own sight. You see, The fact that the land was theirs to take boggled their brain. You cannot live this spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-directed life out of your brain. You've got to live it out of trust, out of confidence, be led by the Spirit in your heart. And so their mind went tilt. Their brain choked up. And as a result, they never did make it into the land. Now, Caleb and Joshua did make it eventually, but they never made it. And that's not the case with you. That's not the case with me. We are not bugs. Sometimes we might act like bugs. But look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a bug. We are not bugs. We are not grasshoppers. We are not little insects scratching out and eking out a living. We are the apple of his eye. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are in right standing with him. His eye is on us. Every hair in our head is numbered. Amen. 
His grace is available for you to embrace. Say it with me. Embrace the grace. I'm not a bug. I'm a believer. Listen, folks. He didn't give you and, and deposit in you all these years and, and, and have you sit in a church like this in wonderful seminars and some of the greatest teachers in the land. Not talking about Brenda and I, but I'm talking about people like Brother Moore, Brother Copeland, Jerry Savell. He did not put that all at our feet so that we could just share this with us four no more. Amen. Are you listening to me? We serve a big God. He's got a big plan for your lives. His vision is much, much bigger than any of us in this auditorium have really realized yet. But it starts with us being open. You know, if I went by what I used to be before I became a Christian, I'd never get up behind the pulpit. If I went by what I came out of and lived by what I was before Christ and didn't receive the righteousness of God and receive this new creation, there's no way that I'd be able to do anything. When I think about everything that God's done for me, when I think about how He's worked with me and when I think about how He's worked with you, I've seen it throughout the years, He's working in you. He's working His will in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And so He works with us little by little. And we get greater revelation and greater word. And He builds us up to where we're able to actually embrace the inheritance that He's given us. Thank you, Lord. I tell you where we're going, we're going outside. And we're going to look into the vastness of God's creation. I just want to share with you tonight, whatever he tells to you, dare to believe it and do it. Amen. Let's look at Mark 16. Hallelujah. Mark 16. And, you know... For your life, it might be your business expanding. You know, for all of us here at Heart of the Bay Christian Center, it's our ministry, is it not? And so our ministry is expanding, right? Our ministry is increasing. Are we open to what God has for us? But think about it in your individual life, in your business. How many businessmen do we have here tonight? Just think what God's able to do. Just think how good God's been to you up to this point. And then understand this, that it's only the beginning. That there is so much more with God. And so much more in God. Thank you, Lord. I believe this. I believe God is raising men and women up right here in this church. Right here in this fellowship that will become millionaires for the advancement of the gospel. I really do. I believe that with all my heart. 
I believe that within our congregation, there are future doctors. There's future lawyers. There's, there's future people that, that may even have inventions. You never know. In our children's church, we could have the future president of the United States. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what we're praying is, may the advancement of his kingdom invade this earth. And you're a child of the king. You are part of his kingdom. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is within you. Think about it. The king has placed his spirit in you. And you can expand his kingdom through your influence in this earth today. That's awesome. So what do we do? Every day, we seek first the kingdom of God. And as we seek first the kingdom of God, and we do those things that he's placed before us, and as we are faithful to do what he's given us to do, when we become faithful in the little things, we become positioned for greater things. And you don't make the greater things happen. And you don't bring those things upon yourself. Promotion doesn't come from the south, the east, or from the west. Promotion comes from the north. And when God begins to enlarge your business, enlarge your education, don't back off. Don't step back. Don't draw back in fear. But come confidently and boldly and draw near and say, Lord... I don't understand it. I don't know why you would choose me and pick me. But Lord, I embrace. I embrace this call. I embrace your grace on my life. And Lord, I promise you that I'll give you all the glory. That I won't become big in my mind and get the big head. But everything that happens in my life will be done for your glory, and for the expansion of your kingdom here on earth. And it's not just the Kenneth Copelands of life, and the Keith Moores of life, and the Jerry Savells of life, and the Billy Grahams of life. And it's not just those that are kingdom expanders. In order for his kingdom to be expanded through you, there's got to be some expansion in our hearts. Just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I am so open to your will, to your plan. You said in your word that the steps of a good man are ordered of you. I invite you, Lord, to order my steps. I will be obedient to take the first step. And to take the second step. My steps are ordered of the Lord. I embrace your grace for my life. Now let's just lift our hands and pray a moment. Oh, briki stemanaya. Leche le procaviste. Emorobora desteata. Lese ne tola mandaya. No, there are no unused people in my kingdom. And there are no unused gifts. I desire to use every one of you. 
I'll place you by my grace in the specific lane of your race. Open up to me, says the Lord, every day. Be not discouraged by what you see around you and by what you hear around you. But yea, encourage yourself in the Lord. Stay ye built up in your spirit. And as you are building yourself up on your most holy faith, you're rising, the Bible says, like an edifice higher and higher. Stronger and stronger, more open you will be as you fellowship with me and as you say, Lord, your will be done. Amen. Amen. Now, Mark chapter 16. I just got that real strong in my spirit. Doctors, lawyers, factory owners. So he says, well, you know, I'm working in a factory and I'm making minimum wage. Be faithful. Don't whine. Don't complain. Shine your light. Be salt. Be light right where you're at. And you don't know. You may own that factory someday. And if you don't own that factory someday, your faithfulness will cause you to go to the top in life. The old saying is, cream always rises to the top. Those with open, faithful hearts will rise to the top in life. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16, look at verse 14. I hope you're encouraged with that. Thank you, Lord. Mark 16. And really, we need to look at this church as our church. We need to look at this church as our ministry. This is ours. He has given us the stewardship of it. Has he not? This is our place. This is our church, right? And God wants to expand our influence. God not only wants us to have a voice in Hayward, but a voice in the community. A voice in the state. A voice around the nation. And that voice certainly will be, I'll be part of that voice, but you're part of that voice as well. Because wherever you are, you have a voice. So, Mark 16, verse 14. And so, believe with me. Thank you for that one amen. Believe with me. Believe with us. For increase. Believe with us for the exceeding. Hallelujah. There's so much more he wants to do in us, through us, through this ministry, in missions, even in the business world. I believe that God wants to just expand it. Now notice in Mark 16, been trying to get there for a few minutes. Mark 16, verse 14. Now realize at this point, Jesus had spent, what was it? Three and a half years with his disciples. And he had instructed them that he was going to die. And he instructed them that he would be risen from the dead. So this was not new news to them when he went to Calvary. Okay? But notice the setting. Afterward, 
he appeared, this is after his resurrection, unto the eleven as they sat around eating. And he upbraided them. Upbraided is a nice word for rebuked severely. I can remember being in Seoul, Korea one time, and Dr. Cho was rebuking severely his congregation over something that he saw in the service that he did not like. Jesus was rebuking them. After he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and their hardness, their narrowness, their smallness, their hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was ridden, risen. Now listen to this statement. Fear and hardness of heart will not let the plan of God in. Fear and hardness of heart will not allow the plan of God to come in. What I believe Jesus is setting them up for is the next verse. He had to get rid of the unbelief. Because what he was about to say was going to take an open heart. Come on. It was going to take some expansion here. So he had to deal with this other first. He had to plow their field first. Open hearts will receive open doors. Open hearts will receive open ministry. And so Jesus is saying... Come on, guys. I told you about this. And then he lays it on them. And he said to them, Guys, here's the Great Commission. Go now into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow the believing ones. Do you see why he had to get rid of the unbelief? Because the signs would only follow those who believe. And then he went and he said, in my name, you'll cast out demons. You'll speak with new tongues. You take up serpents and drink any deadly thing. It won't hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. So then, here's what they did. Here's the response. After the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth. Man. They went forth. Just like on February 3rd, Niners are going to play the Ravens. I'd love to be in that locker room. To hear the motivational speeches. There's nobody that can give a motivational speech to a professional team like Donnie Moore. He gets those A's so pumped up, they almost went to the World Series. But I'd love to be a fly on the wall. (laughs) Just to hear what's going to be said. Well, there's more at stake 
than a locker room before the Super Bowl in our lives. And Jesus is motivating them. He says, you guys get rid of that doubt and unbelief because I'm going to tell you what. You're going into the world and I'm giving you my name and my name's going to drive the devil crazy. People are going to speak with new tongues. The sick are going to be healed. The blind are going to see. The dead are going to be raised. Glory to God. You're going to get a touchdown in the first quarter. Then you're going to knock that quarterback's head off. Then you're going to drive the ball down to the one-yard line. And we're going to plunge through for a touchdown. And at half, we're going to be leading 52 to nothing. I'm not saying which locker room that came from. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. The greatest commission came forth from the lips of Jesus. And had not they been open to it, we would not be sitting here tonight. Well, that's right. It's true. It's true. It's very true. And they went forth. And they threw touchdown passes everywhere. They preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. And what did he do? He was confirming the word with signs following. There'll never be the followed signs or signs following unless someone goes. And someone will never go unless they're open hearted. You'll never expand your business, even though God may told you to do it, if you're not open here. You'll never get the education that he may lay at your feet if you're narrow and restricted in your own thinking. I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to you tonight, go for it. Open up. Embrace the grace. And go for the plan of God in your life. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Thank you, Father. You've been encouraged tonight? Hallelujah. Well, I don't know whether I helped you or not, but I know one thing. I preached Marcos Marcos Tomas happy. So let's raise our hands. I almost forgot my name. Lord, thank you. We give you glory. Let's give him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you what you're about to do. Oh, Father, our hearts are happy. We look across this congregation and we see all generations represented. We see the older generation represented. We thank you, Lord, that those of us that are just a little bit older, we shall still bring forth fruit in our older ages. And then we look at generations underneath us and we thank you, Lord, for a mighty increase. You are our shield. You are our exceeding great reward. Lord, we rejoice in what you're doing with the children in this church and the youth. Oh, fire, fire, fire. Thank you, Father, for the fire of God upon every saint in this place. Lord, let it rain in the Bay Area. Let's pray for the rain right now. Let it rain. Let there be showers of blessing. A deluge of blessing. 
Oh, my, my, my. Brenda and I had a little time away, and we were sitting at an outside restaurant. And the day was beautiful. It was like 79 degrees. We sat down to eat. And all of a sudden, three or four inches fell within about 30 minutes' time. Just a, a deluge. Didn't take long. And when the rains of the Spirit fall, it ain't going to take long for the harvest to come in. And so we are in preparation. We're open. We are expanding. Lord, we're ready for what you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name.